This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Sunday kind of love. I'm Maya Tan. Now today I've got a treat for you. I've just been really, really fortunate in the past few weeks because I've had a lot of fun and talented personalities dropping by in the studio. I've got one such person with me today. Her name is Stephanie Van Driesen. And if you don't know who she is exactly, take a listen to this. Why am I afraid of two little words? When did I decide to run? If I let the past control me, then I've lost and fear has won. Why does having faith feel like giving up? When did I decide this was it? If I can't live my life in full, then what's the point? It's time to commit to someone who I can trust to always be by my side. I can turn to when I need a friend. I'm marrying me, marrying me. Who should I vow to cherish and to hold fast? How can I grow a love that will last? Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you, Maya. <laughs> you're a performer, but you're also doing uh, what is known as light working. Yeah, light working is spiritual. It's self development for me. Like I kind of got into it because I wanted to work on my own issues. I guess you could say my own blocks, things that I felt were stumbling blocks on the way, you know, to success, to greater inner freedom. So I guess you know I just sort of stumbled into it, and now after trainings and experience, I'm sort of also doing. Doing it as a site career as well. So, what sort of healings do you do? Um, I do what is called sound healing or sound therapy, which is actually using um, like frequencies and tones to change the rate of vibration in the body to sort of make it either more healthy or for emotional releasing for people. So I do it one on ones as well as in workshop settings as well, and I do it for myself too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In terms of performances, what are you working on right now? Uh, at the moment, I'm sort of restructuring my career a little bit. Mm, um, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, I'm trying to focus a lot more into, you know, being a lot more of an integrated artist and actually trying to pull in some of this self-help development work into 
theatrical performances or singing or even recordings. So I'm kind of working with a business coach now <laughs> to help me brand myself and to help become clearer. Because I've sort of run around, as you do in Malaysia, you have to sort of do everything. You get drawn into plays and musical performances. Yeah, I mean, and that's all great for skill building as well. You know, it just gives you the experience, gives you the exposure. And then I guess for me, it sort of came to the point where I, I kind of wanted to take it to the next level so to speak, you know. So um, and since I'm passionate about performing as well as self-help and also helping other people, you know, become more aware that, you know, yes, they can change their lives as well. It's not just sort of, they don't have to just deal with everything in that doom and gloom way, if it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's quite exciting. And uh, there's going to be some stuff coming up, but, you know, I'm still it's still developmental stages. Right. It's really interesting that you've got a set of performing talents and then now you're blending it in with light working. So how do you plan to use your talents as a performer on the light working side of things? Oh, you know, it's to me, it's very juicy to kind of dig into material, whether it's material that I create, you know, for example, songs or concepts of shows, which have that deeper message, you know, that that help people. I mean, recently with Project Watermelon, which was a play I did, we talk about women and helping give a voice to them. So I'm really interested in exploring that side of things that, you know, where theatre isn't just theatre or singing or recordings or any form of performance is not not just for entertainment because I feel like the entertainment part is what gets people open to these ideas you know about whether it's self-exploration or whether it's a specific cause that I'm you know interested about or they're interested about or a message yeah and for me it's always been about empowerment and being true to yourself and following your own greatest version of your life because it's hard you know like I mean we always get feedback from people who are telling us what to do and you you know, even as artists, there's, there's really no plan sometimes. You just kind of take what comes. But, you know, hopefully at one point, if, if you're not happy anymore, then you've got to create something of your own. So I'm kind of, it's sort of like a art may imitate life thing that may happen because, you know, you can only tell stories from your life authentically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, speaking about digging into material, you've written some poetry that will be published into a book. Yeah, <laughs> I'm quite excited about that. I'm really quite interested to see how, you know, you're a performer. And the first thing that comes to my mind is the voice. You oh. know? <laughs> and also you, you were talking about doing vocal healing. Yeah. Right? yeah. What inspired the poetry and why is poetry the outlet and not song, for example? Yeah, well, they're similar to me, but they're different at the same time. Poetry, a lot of times is lyric for songs Mm -hmm. and it's actually um, a song that I think we'll be playing later that was a collaboration between me and this amazing composer Mm Onsan who Malaysia knows about already (laughs) Um, which was my poetry and he created the melody and the full orchestration around it and you know so things like that can happen but I feel that poetry um, has such an extensive history, you know, in the world for expressing things um, just the way songs do. But it's sort of like almost on the way to a song for me. Um, It's heightened and, you know, it's very emotional for me when I write. And I've actually been writing since I was a teenager and I was always really interested and I thought that one day I'd, you know, love to publish it somehow. 
Yeah. So what are the themes that you see coming out of your poetry? Um, they're really just cross sections of intense moments in my life. Moments which are like threshold moments, you know, where I feel like I'm on the brink of something and I'm, I have to choose. I have to either go back or I've got to go forward. And I, I always feel that these things come up in my life <laughs> to kind of redirect me. Maybe I've strayed a little bit. So there's that and there's also a whole bunch of just an ode to nature. I get so inspired by nature and trees and the ocean. So that, that's sort of contained in, in the stories, in the, in the poems, yeah. <laughs> Well, we'd love to hear you read one of your poems. Sure, I would be so happy to. <laughs> What's the first one that you've got for us? Well, I thought of starting um, with one that I actually wrote last night. Um, this one, <laughs> I know it's a bit raw, and uh, well, you know you're kind of hearing the uncut version because it'll probably be edited a little bit. Um, this one, I don't know whether I can coin the term epic poetry because to me, it feels that way for me. You know, mm -hmm. whether or not the the words you know do that. As, as, a, as a listener or that. But it's also my job as a performer to kind of just, I guess, present it. So this one um, is called My Voice is My Ocean. And I thought it was just really um, special to sort of coin it that way because that's what I feel. I, I, I went for a healing session actually with this lady in Australia ages ago. And she told me that my tones, my sounds needed to explore the whole range of emotions and the whole range of tones, not just the pretty ones and not just the, the high tones. You know, when you're a soprano, you're like, oh, it's so pretty. The higher you go, the more impressive it is. Mm -hmm. But she's like, the low tones are also really pivotal, you know. So I just, yeah. So this was a kind of ode to that realization and also to where I was last night, which was a very kind of, reflective space yeah take it away okay my voice is my ocean in it contains all aspects of me my womb at its center a space once locked, now beginning to open. My voice is my ocean. You can hear me. The things I say, the way I say things, all point to me. The big me, the small me, the who I really am. I am not my squeaks, nor my gestures. I am not even my burps, my fearsome glances. Those things play on me, and even I believe in them sometimes, and forget the true me. Who is this me? You can hear it in my voice. My oceans of words, my seas of sounds betray me. Ooh, betray me. They betray who I'm really like, who I'd rather be, rather than who I portray, who I seem to be. Listen to my voice, and you would have heard my secrets, even my lies, that keep me safe in my mind. Oh, my mind, that weaver of 
tales and stories, lies that belie me, that say not what is said, but what needs to be said, for effect, for piety. But for whom? Not for me, if they betray me. What good are words if they conceal? I know why they are used. Concealment, betrayal, manipulation for effect. These words they use, I use, all seek to betray, to keep captive, to hold in lockdown that soul that would seek to fly. Oh, how my soul's voice that seeks to fly is flying already now in the depths of me. So that's an excerpt, actually. It's actually a very long poem. <laughs> I've got sort of six sections, which I will, will have in full form in the ebook that I'm going to be posting up, yeah. <laughs> I found it very, very fascinating. I especially love the theme of betrayal mm. and uh, the use of words, using them to manipulate. Yeah. <laughs> um, why was that in there, in the context of you trying to find your grounded voice? It was just very natural. I mean, I guess it's the headspace that I was in yesterday. Quite a relatively deep, dark space even, you know, just sort of thinking about how we use our own words to deceive ourselves and how we sound and to see, deceive other people. It's usually because we're afraid of something. You know, we don't say what we mean. Um, so, I mean, every every section in this poem actually deals with different aspects of the voice and explorations of the inner self. So I've got one on ancestors. I've got one on freedom. I mean, and they're all in this full-length poem, which sort of goes on for pages, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait to read it. <laughs> well, let's play a song of yours. Shall we play the song that you mentioned earlier that yeah. you worked on with Onsan? Yeah. This one is called Rain Mur. And uh, the whole idea around it was sort of the blessing that rain is, that without it, there's no life. There's no trees that grow. Yeah. A Sunday Kind of Love continues in just a moment on BFM 89.9. It's a Sunday kind of love. Maya Tan here. If you've just joined us, we have Stephanie Van Driesen in the studio. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Stephanie is reading poetry for us, telling us about her art and how her spirit and her talent are all evolving in one big, hot, burning ball. I'm very excited. Ball of fire! <laughs> <laughs> so, at some point, do you feel that these poems will also evolve into music? Yeah. I definitely feel so. I mean, mm. I, I hope that I can translate them into 
really wonderful pieces of music that really have an effect on people. Creating an atmosphere, creating a space for them to also be creative and feel inspired by or relate to, which is one of the great properties of any good art, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's to transform and tran- transport you, really. It's all a natural progression, isn't it? Yeah. In terms of the creative process as well, once you start thinking about the rhythms and the words that you use in your poetry, you inevitably start thinking about how the music, if put to it, would sound. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you mentioned that a lot of your poetry is inspired by intense mm-hmm. moments in your life. Mm-hmm. What do you imagine the music is like? Oh, <laughs> Well, I, I guess probably very um, rousing at some points and probably some epic sounds as well, you know, full orchestrations. orchestrations. Yeah, you know, or or very pared down, you know, I mean, sort of the contrast of that depth and or, or expansion. Yeah. And what was the process like, the creative process like when you worked on your music with Onsan? Oh, that was, um, it was very learning. I mean, it was a learning curve for me. I mean, he had a very clear vision about what he wanted his album to sound like, which is which is actually very epic, very pivotal moments in movies almost, which is, I think, where he was going to. Um, and he already had a clear vision. So, um, you know, some of the songs, and one you'll hear later, which is actually the song Earth, which we sort of launched a couple of years back as well, is about bringing a call to humanity to really sort of take a look and hang on you know this is the planet we're staying on and what are we doing about it what are we doing to ourselves you know so but you hear that in a very imaginative way a very large perspective in the music and it kind of makes you feel all sorts of different things so he he kind of just needed my voice to sort of take it to another space and and I love that I I love vocal experimentation you know which is another thing that I hope to do more of you know in different productions as well yeah so tell me more about your vocal journey. Mm-hmm. It's beyond just singing what's out there, emulating what the market wants um, or what the industry wants. It's I think for you, it's moving beyond to creating your own sounds even, right? Yeah. Do you think it's important for artists to box themselves into a genre? You know, it's very funny because I've been having that conversation with fellow artists and also my, my business coach at the moment. And uh, I mean, it is so much about what you're putting out there to be cohesive and to be easily recognizable. So in that case, then yes, in that sense, you know, if you have a genre in which you shine in, perhaps that would be your, to put it in the words of Sean Ghazi, who I recently performed with, is what is your couture? What's on your your calling card? Yeah, what is the main thing that you want to be known for? And you could always extend it into other things, side projects, you know, which later, who knows, may develop into something more. But the thing is that, that I find that I'm having a challenge with is that because I love doing a lot of different things, I guess in a way the brand is versatility, you know, that I'm able to sort of flip between genres. Well, in musicals, we sing all sorts of different genres. You know, one moment we're doing jazz type songs, then we're doing the classic sort of sing and dance Broadway, or we're doing pop the next moment. So that's my training and my training was to be versatile because you just never know what role you're going to fit into you know and your voice reflects the character so now maybe moving more into I don't know a recording artist position um, I tend to have all these things informing me and I know that as I write you know music in the future as well that hopefully it will have 
a sense of cohesion because that's what I want. I want people to sort of get it, um, but also to hear the influences that kind of shape who I've been. Yeah. <laughs> Can you name some of your musical influences then? Um, I actually am very inspired by um, movie soundtracks. I'm very inspired by people actually. Um, it's more people over genre. So, I mean, there's a whole bunch of electronic artists, which I really admire. Um, Imogen Heap is one. Sleeping pills, no sleeping dogs lie never far enough away. Glistening in the cold sweat of guilt. I've watched you slowly winding down for years. You can't keep on like this. Now's a better time. I kind of like what Florence and the Machine does with her, you know, very experimental, takes it to another level kind of mainstream, you know? You were on the other side, like always, wondering what to do with life. I already had a sip, so I reasoned I was drunk enough to deal with it. You were on the other side, like always. And I also love the old school stuff. Like I love the soulful voices like Ella Fitzgerald and, you know, Etta James. I want a Sunday kind of love. A love to last past Saturday night. And I'd like to know it's more than love at first sight. But it's really like I may discover someone and I may go, wow, that's just something about this person and that, that may be what I, I, you know, I kind of gravitate towards. So I'm not really one, a one-genre girl. Like I like to sort of flip between them. But for me, it's always been the big sounds, the orchestra sounds, the, yeah, it's just a complete mystery to me how they, are man you know, how they manage to process that into... All these, you know, I mean, all these different instruments and all these elements into something that sounds so lush and beautiful. You have another poem for us. Yes. Okay. The next poem I'd like to read to you was actually one that I wrote. I have the date. It's like I wrote it in 1999. <laughs> wow. That's like 15 uh, years ago. Yeah, it was quite a while back. And again, I think I remember I was outside in the garden or something and I just looked at my mom was trying to grow some sunflowers but I think unfortunately they, you know we don't have green fingers so <laughs> they didn't make it past like I think the bud stage or something which is kind of sad but it made me think about you know what sunflowers represent 
And um, so I just wrote this poem and there was this online website called poetry.com and I, and I remember I just sent it in and, and, you know, I actually got an invite to this poetry convention, you know, in San Francisco. Wow. Then, yeah. They were like, you know, we'd like to kind of publish your stuff and we'd like to have you over. But, you know, obviously I had to pay for my own flights and dad was sort of, he was actually kind of like, are you serious? You know, like, do you really want to go? And I was a bit scared. So my mom was like, it's oh, a lot of money. So I didn't go. And quite but far away. Yeah, I was really far away. And I was only, what, how old was I? I was like 15 or something. <laughs> so I just, and this is very simple. This was just really, I mean, I know, you know, as you develop, your style changes. But this one, uh, I just like the message of it. So I hope, you know, those of you listening, just take something from it too. So this is The Sunflower. I wish I could turn to you the way you turn to the sun, in adoration, in guidance. Pray, give me inspiration, give me enlightenment, give me salvation. I wish I could understand the language of love and preach to me the wisdom that you behold in your hands. When I look upon you, your symbol of simple innocence illuminates and nourishes my heart. Thus, when the forgotten restored, the neglected are comforted, and the proud are abandoned, I shall breathe again at last. Sweet sunflower, do you hear me? Feel and touch and love and heal me. It's actually very romantic. Ah. <laughs> I like how you brought the message of growth, you know, the alchemy of nature, and you likened it to a romantic relationship, love, mm. you know, with another person. That's interesting that you that you picked up on that because you know different people will hear different things. Um, yeah, and for me, it was really just this that so much wisdom was contained in this object this being and I just wanted to I just wanted it to tell me you know tell me how to love you know was really and also you know being a young hormonal girl and <laughs> you know a lot of crushes that never materialize and I always have the flair for the theatrical you know even from that age so <laughs> yes, you know even though someone would have just written a blog about it and so like oh he doesn't love me what I'm supposed to do well I just kind of went ahead and just wrote romantic poetry <laughs> which is great there's a creative outlet and yeah. there's an outcome you know it got you an invitation to a poetry convention in San Francisco I know I know and you know I kind of imagined myself all sort of medieval poet and all <laughs> lovely I love that image of you as a medieval poet yeah, yeah. you do strike oh. me as coming from you know a totally different era a different time yeah. yeah a more magical time yeah I mean that's home to me all this stuff that goes on now that's it's it's so foreign sometimes I feel right inside of me that it's I have to get used to it for some reason <laughs> wow I can't wait to discover all the messages that you're meant to be sharing with all of us and uh, so the book how many poems will be in it um, I'm looking at um, it probably will develop a little bit more with a few more poems put in but it'll probably be about 15 15 to 20 um, you know short ones long ones um, so I'm quite excited actually because I've never put 
my poetry out there in this way. Um, and it's, you know, it, I feel like it will develop into something where I may actually just do an audio poetry book because I find this is so fun what we're doing today. <laughs> well, please, you know, I'm open for collaborations. Yay! <laughs> yeah, sounds great. Have you got a title already or a working title? A working title um, would probably be My Voice is My Ocean, actually. Mm. Um, I just feel that it ties into what I do. And which is the latest poem that you've just yeah, written yeah, like just last it. night. <laughs> so we're very privileged here on a Sunday kind of love <laughs> we're going to take a listen to Earth which is a, a song that you collaborated on with Onsan yeah so just sort of sit back close your eyes not if you're driving but <laughs> if you're at home or at work and just sort of take that breather because this is going to do something to you so enjoy <laughs> Sunday kind of love will be right back on BFM 89.9 It's a Sunday kind of love. Happy Sunday. It's certainly a happy Sunday for me because I have Stephanie Van Driesen here with me. <laughs> and we've been going through Stephanie's career and her performance art in her healing work and also about her poetry, which will be published real soon. Um, you've got a couple more poems to read to us. Yes. So tell us about this one. Okay, so um, <laughs> this one is a pretty big poem for me because I feel like it's an alternate genesis story to you know the formation of the planet and the earth and when I wrote it I was sort of very um, upset about how we treat the planet and I kind of wanted to give Gaia you know our idea of this mother earth, earth as mother earth a voice 
you know, um, and I and I'm ca- I'm calling it the retaliation of Gaia, even though that sounds kind of violent, but it's not. It sounds like a video game, actually. <laughs> really, does it? Okay, <laughs> you know, that kind of fantasy RPG video game. But sorry, mm-hmm. I'm probably diluting your poem here. No, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. Um, you know, like. It's just fun. It's just fun for me to be here and, you know, to share this stuff. And I guess you could just sort of follow me on Facebook at Stephanie Van Driesen, putting stuff up as well. Um, Have you ever thought of crowdsourcing your book? Um, I'm looking at crowdfunding for an album, actually, because I've been wanting to put some songs down. And just, you know, when you work as an artist, you know, the, the pay is sort of just here and there. And it's really hard to kind of build up a savings. So and I actually always felt really um, not confident to ask people for help with with something as big as that but um, I don't know maybe I'm kind of over that now and (laughs) yes I think um, we all tend to undervalue ourselves yeah and you should always believe Stephanie that you have this immense (laughs) talent and Um. I think everyone listening here will agree (laughs) it's one of those things where you've got to kind of believe it for yourself isn't it okay so this poem um, I want you to kind of take a deep breath and (laughs) Bring it in. (laughs) Retaliation of Gaia. First there was the sun, high up in polar density, flickering in its newborn intensity stretching its arms, willing experience to itself. One ray fell upon a barren land of rock and stone, brown, grey, hot, volatile. She was not yet born, a goddess of raw passion alone. Pele, her name, mountainous lava spouts, her big chest, great heaps of soil, infertile. No soul yet came to inhabit save tiny microstructures that survived and fed on her burning skin. The sun, shine it did, that she so inspired to take this light, his nectar, and weave her own, making babies from sand and stone. She dreamed up the plants, great structures of her neural networks, to populate and bring cohesion to her many bodies, to unify the earth, the air, the fire, the water. She heaved and bellowed, and gentle rain fell from her skies, her clouds of thought. The plants grew green and tender, and so her mind was wrought. And at her heart, the great tree, the storehouse of all her mystery, it would record her goings-on and those of her children. Wow, I think the biggest message that I got from that was that 
we are all one. And this is a message that increasingly I've been um, getting just from, from reading all sorts of things from social media, from the internet and so on. The fact that she had her many bodies. If you look at it from the point of view of the human race, mm. if we hurt one body, we hurt ourselves. Yeah. And indeed. in a way, as far as life is concerned, we are all one on this earth. Mm-hmm. You hurt the trees, you hurt yourself. Yeah. This is Absolutely. the message. Was yeah. that a conscious thing that you put into the poem? You know, I just love it when other people hear it or they read it and and they sort of, it weaves something for them. Like they feel, and they get something out of it, which to me, when I write, it's I, I sort of feel like I'm on this wave. I'm on this wave of emotion and imagery and I actually just write what I see. And so I sort of just see and the characters come and, and it's a bit rare, I guess. Um, it's very rare. Uh, <laughs> well, I wouldn't call this a proud thing, but these sorts of things just write themselves. And I just, I had a lot of build up to this poem. I mean, I went through quite a lot of reflection and, and also a healing journey on myself with sound and, and it just sort of came out and I, it just felt like it just birthed itself. And there is a birthing story also within, you know, this poem too. And I, you know, I really hope that, you know, people who resonate with this just sort of, you know, follow me on Facebook and just kind of like are ready for it when it comes out because I just feel really excited about it now. <laughs> and I can't wait to see what people get from it. Okay, so we've got the poetry side done. You're still working on your healing, light working side. Yeah. In terms of performances, you're working on an album. What sort of sounds or influences do you foresee it, it taking? You know, what sort of shape do you see it taking? Uh, you mentioned you do like some electronica. You do like uh, different vintage sounds, even from like the great divas such as Ella Fitzgerald and so on. Do you have a plan <laughs> or is it still kind of flowing right uh, now? Oh yeah, it's still kind of flowing and bubbling. Um, I have I've written some songs from the past um, which I hope to convert into singles as well, songs. Um, probably some new ones as well, like, you know, they just sort of pop up and, and it'll probably just come out of some intense experience that I that I have. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm very interested in collaboration, so I'm sort of looking at, you know, certain people to work with as well to bring bring it about and and yeah I mean I just I, you know it's not going to be a musical theater album you know which is what maybe some people who know me would sort of assume that that's what I would do um, it, I just want to take it to another level and uh, just explore storytelling through through the genre and so it may at the moment it feels like it might be a fusion kind of album where it there's a unifying theme you know so it probably may be something similar to what this uh, anthology of poetry is, which is about the self-reflection aspect. But hopefully it will, you know, I wanted to have that theme where people listen to it and they feel that they can transform with the music. They feel like they can become more connected to themselves, you know. I know it's it's not probably as concrete just yet, but yeah, I mean, there there is sort of the, the building blocks of things happening. But I will be performing a lot more. I'm sort of look, working on a one-woman show um, that will probably happen, could be as soon as May or, or as late as August. And I will be pulling from some musical theatre songs that I that I love and also probably some original ones that hopefully by then would have been finished. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so it will be quite an eclectic mix of things and... Yeah, just really fun. I look forward to it with bated breath. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What's your favorite song right now? 
Oh, um, <laughs> I'm very, very interested about the different sides of the personality. You know, it's, call it psychoanalysis or whatever, or, or even character work, where you, you know, you explore different sides of yourself that sometimes are at war, and you know, you're talking to each other in your mind. You know, and, and of course, you never sort of do it out loud, you know, with people because they probably think you're nuts or something. Yes. But everybody does it. We know? all have everybody our internal it. dialogues. We talk to ourselves in the mirror. Yeah, and um, you know, recently I was just very, you know, I, I had a moment where I realized something really important about myself. And well, that happens a lot. I don't know if it happens for people, you know, where you just sort of one day you just get an answer that you've been waiting for for a long time. And um, this song just kind of exemplified it. It's from a, a recent musical that we, you know, we've all, some of you have seen, you know, last year, Into the Woods. Ah, um, I totally enjoyed that one. <laughs> right? I mean, it's just so wonderful. First of all, it's Sondheim. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, secondly, I think they really did a great job with the casting, with the acting, writing, directing. It was a total package, yeah. You know, more than anything, the woods for me represented that space of discovery. You know, into the woods. Like you see, the characters go in and they come out different people. Yeah, they're transformed. They're transformed within well, they, it. They realize different things about themselves, including uh, Prince Charming. Right. Yes. I mean, yes. his character was less than pure as the driven snow, but he went through a process and he discovered something about himself as well. Yeah, absolutely. So. This song, I would probably perform it uh, at the show. <laughs> Yay! Um, probably as different sides of my personality talking to each other. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a, a really interesting spin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's hope, called. So this is called "It Takes Two. It's actually performed by the Baker and the Baker's wife. Right. And, and Emily Blunt and Emily James Blunt Corden. And James Corden. I mean, even though they're sort of talking to each other, but the fact that one character discovers that the other person's changed and comments about it and then they feel they have to work together to create this successful outcome. I think that's just so pivotal for people in general in your own lives that you've got to work with what you've got, work with these different sides of yourself to move forward. Right. <laughs> well, that's a great parting message. Thank you very much, Stephanie Van Driesen, ladies Thanks, and gentlemen. Thanks, Maya, for having me. <laughs> a Sunday Kind of Love continues next week. Happy Sunday. This is Maya Tan on BFM 89.9. You've changed. You're daring. You're different in the woods. More sure. More sharing, you're getting us through the woods. If you could see, you're not the man who started, and much more open hearted than I knew you to be. It takes two, I thought one was enough, it's not true. It takes two of us, she came through. When the journey was rough, it took you. It took two of us. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.